Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today my guest is Matt DeYoung. Matt is the executive director of the Santa Cruz Mountains Trail Stewardship, a nonprofit that, quote, builds and maintains great trails for everyone and connects communities to nature through responsible outdoor recreation. Thanks for joining me, Matt. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to be here. Well, tell us a bit about the SCMTS. How is your group organized? Yeah, so we're a 501c3 nonprofit trail stewardship organization. So we're a hybrid of a professional organization or licensed contractor with a professional staff. We also have a very large volunteer contingent that's super active, helps us get a lot of work done. So while we're having this conversation, what's like, how do you say the acronym? Do you spell it all out? Do you say the Santa Cruz Mountain Trails Stewardship? Seems like kind of a mouthful. Yeah, it's a big one. So we're still getting used to it. We just changed our name last year. Uh, I, I go by, I say SCMTS a lot. There's been a, okay. a couple of suggestions on that, but nothing's really stuck yet. So we're just going with SCMTS for now or Santa Cruz Trails is another one. Yeah, not the skmits or anything like that. I was hoping maybe there was something easy. Yeah, nothing easy. We just, uh, we're very on the nose here with what the name is. No. Yeah. yeah, right on. Well, how many miles of bike trails uh, does the group support currently? We have about 45 miles of trails open to bikes here in the county, and we're currently working on an additional 18 miles of trail. So okay. pretty big cool. increase. Yeah. And then we also work on, you know, hiking and equestrian trails as well. Okay. Yeah. And so for folks who aren't familiar with uh, Santa Cruz and Santa Cruz County, one of those is a city in California, Northern California. The other uh, is the county. And so are you, do you guys, do you use like those, those county borders as like a really strict area that you're working in? Or do you kind of bleed outside of that sometimes? Yeah, that was part of our rebranding was expanding that geography to like the Santa Cruz Mountains region, which goes okay. from Santa Cruz County into Santa Clara County, as well as the, the San Mateo County up the San Francisco Peninsula. Mm. So, yeah, we, we're, we're, we've been focused in Santa Cruz County historically. We have been working in Santa Clara County and uh, are in talks with a couple of land managers in San Mateo County about some partnerships as well. Okay. Interesting. So tell us when and why did the Santa Cruz Mountains Trail Stewardship get its start? Yes, the organization was founded in 1997 as Mountain Bikers of Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was formed by a group of volunteer individuals who were interested in having a voice for mountain bike advocacy. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, the, the jump off point was around the formation of a new a new addition to our local state park we have here, Wilder Ranch State Park. There was a, okay. um, an adjacent private property up for acquisition, and you know mountain bikers wanted to have a voice in that process. The group was formed and raised some money to help with that acquisition, and that kind of set the set the tone from there for for several decades more of, of the advocacy type work. 
Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Were, had there been like any conflicts or anything, or was it really just like forming this group because there were opportunities to expand or, or were trails being taken away from folks around the late nineties? Yeah, there, there were um, some issues around that access was diminished here in the County where it had, had early on been more of a bike access was more of a, the rule than the exception. And that started mm-hmm. to change around that time. So that the, mm-hmm. the formation of the organization was a response to that. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, you mentioned that name change from mountain bikers of Santa Cruz uh, to the current name, Santa Cruz mountains trail stewardship. Uh, well, why the name change? What, what led to that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, so the organization was founded as a mountain bike advocacy and social group, um, and, you know, had success doing the, some of those things. And, uh, you know, really the big first big successful advocacy push was in 2010 or so when the organization successfully got a trail approved with the city of Santa Cruz. It was a very contentious issue to have a, a multi-use trail through one of our local parks here, but the organization is successful in doing that and kind of raised its hand to help build that trail as well. So that wasn't an existing competency that the organization had, but um, one that we figured out. And, you know, that project was wildly successful. That was the Emma McCrary Trail and our Poganip Open Space Preserve gets, you know, 120,000 trips a year. It's a key connection. So from, yeah, and, you know, from that point, our focus kind of shifted to trail stewardship, construction, design, you know, education, volunteer coordination. So, you know, we took on several more projects with various land managers. And then we found ourselves building not just bike access trails, but trails for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at some point it became difficult to explain who we are. And we told people who didn't know us that we were mountain bikers of Santa Cruz. Like there was no way for them to know that we really were specializing in trail construction, design, mm-hmm. maintenance. So that that had some, you know, friction for us in, in getting our name out there, getting exposed and delivering on our mission the best we could. So the name change is really a result of that. Yeah. Has that allowed you to bring more people on board, like in terms of volunteers and people who like support the group that maybe they, they aren't mountain bikers. They don't identify as, as mountain bikers, but maybe they're hikers or I don't know if equestrian use is a big thing, but, but was that a way to like bring more people in and, and like help support that mission? Yeah, 100%. You know, we, we were already supporting those people as mountain bikers of Santa Cruz, but just that disconnect between the name and the work we were doing mm-hmm. um, was kind of a, a limiting factor there. So now, now we're a more accessible organization, right? We're doing trail stewardship, which benefits all these different trail users. So, you know, now we've got, we're seeing a lot more hikers and trail runners and equestrians showing up. Mm-hmm. Not that we're not serving mountain bikers, it's still a core tenant of our organization to, you know, create more mountain bike access and improve mountain bike access. But you know, really most of our trail access here in Santa Cruz County is either multi-use or focused on hiking and equestrian access. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. So tell us how long have you been uh, part of the SCMTS and how did you first get involved? Yeah, I've been involved for, uh, let's see, nine years now. And I started off as a volunteer. On that project, I just referenced the McCurry Trail, so I volunteered on that and then was hired as a trail builder um, and then kind of got more and more involved from there. At that time, we had, you know, we just had project staff based upon 
you know, what trails we were building wasn't, there wasn't any, um, administrative staff it was all volunteer led. So at some point, uh, the demand for our work increased so that we did that professional help beyond just the trail staffing. So that's, I kind of stepped into that role and have grown the organization from there. Yeah. Interesting. Well, one of the questions I was thinking of too, when you're talking about that name change was whether there are existing or there were existing uh, user groups in the Santa Cruz area that were doing similar things. So was there, was there previously like a hikers group that was volunteering, building trails, like advocating for trail access or were the mountain bikers kind of the first ones or the only ones that were, that were organized that way? You know, there's been, there, there's been other groups. There remains to be, um, they're more, they've been smaller organizations and more focused on specific parks. Mm -hmm. So we've got a group that does a little bit of work in Wilder Ranch about once a month. There's a group that does a longstanding group that does work in Big Basin State Park, Mm -hmm. a a group that does work in Nicene. So there's some other groups out there. Really, we've, we've scaled up. We're operating on a much larger scale, right? Where we have professional staff that are able to, you know, plan and lead very large volunteer events, you know, multiple times a week. So we're, we're just getting a lot of work done that, you know, that we weren't able to do as an all volunteer organization, but since mm. we built this capacity, we're able to get uh, so much more done. Yeah. That's interesting. And it seems fairly common, you know, from folks I've talked to in other areas as well, where the mountain bikers are typically the ones that are, are more organized. They have these groups established to help with trail building and trail work and, so it's great to see kind of taking that leadership role and bringing on these other user groups who maybe, like you said, they're, they're kind of fractured or maybe they're not part of a group currently and, and having this outlet where everybody who wants trails and wants to support trails can come together. Yeah. I think, you know, mountain bikers have had to advocate more than these other groups for access. I think that's led to that mm-hmm. engagement with stewardship and whatnot too. And, you know, and also helping educate other users about trail stewardship as well as a lot of us take it for granted. Yeah, definitely. Well, are there trail user conflicts currently in the Santa Cruz uh, mountains area? Is that, is that an issue for, for you and your group? Yeah, I think it's an issue in most places, but it's not a, it's not like a overwhelming issue. I feel like we're very lucky here in Santa Cruz by and large that we get along pretty well on the trail. I think what we're seeing the biggest challenges around now is just the sheer number of people out on the trails, which right. just puts that much more pressure on our trail networks, which may not have been designed for multi-use interaction or, you know, been optimized for mountain biking. Or, and what have you. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, we're hearing more about it now. I'm um, just in relation to that. So it's something we talk with our partners about, about Hey, what are the tools we have in our toolbox on the design side of things where we can improve this situation? So mm-hmm. that's always a big one for us is to, Hey, can we solve this through a design rather than an enforcement or education though, though we are still, we've got a pretty, pretty regular trail etiquette educational campaign that we, we roll out to. We, mm-hmm. we did some fun comics over the last couple of years to make it a little more, relatable rather than just like posting the rules. So trying to, you know, get the word out. And there's a lot of new users out there as well. So right. um, letting people know about best, best practices for being a good trail user is something that we take very seriously. Yeah. And, and it's a great argument for getting more trails. I think everybody can agree if the trails are crowded, then let's just make more trails. Let's, let's keep adding to this and, and give everyone an opportunity to kind of spread out more. And it sounds like, that's part of what, what your group is working on as well. 
Yeah, I think this, to some extent, yes. Uh, I think there's a need for more trail access. Balancing that with you know conservation um, values is something that's a big a big struggle uh, here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here in Santa Cruz County. But you know we've got a we've got a lot of new public lands coming online that we're really excited about. So we've got a new national monument around Davenport. 6,000 acres. We're going to build 20 miles of new trail and adjacent to that's another 7,000 acre property owned by a couple of land trusts. It's going to have 23 miles of new trails as well. So looking at a pretty large increase in both uh, accessible protected public lands as well as trail mileage. So um, there's, you know, these, these trail plans have been developed with that lens for, Hey, let's, let's protect habitat while still, you know, allowing for public access Mm. interaction with nature. Yeah, that's great. Well, the SCMTS is one of the more vocal groups that's uh, promoting some of the scientific studies that show the environmental impacts of mountain biking. And, you know, some of our listeners have probably read uh, some of the information that your group has has posted online and dropped a link to it here and there, you know, in online discussions and stuff about how, you know, mountain bikes don't necessarily have much more of an impact than other outdoor activities. How did the mountain biking impact review report come together for the group? Yeah, that came together as a result of uh, some of our advocacy efforts where we were speaking up for, for trail access and, and mountain bike access along with that. Mm-hmm. And we we're hearing uh, some people that were you know, not in favor of that, like quoting the science about mountain biking, this and that. Mm-hmm. And what we found is, is that it wasn't really uh, representative of the actual science mm-hmm. um, that was existing, that a lot of this was kind of being fabricated or, or misconstrued. Yeah. So, so we're like, well, let's, let's, let's own that and look at what the science actually says. So we have a, we have an amazing science committee led by, led by one of our board members, um, all volunteer and they, you know, they really dug into this project and did a pretty extensive literature review, talked to, um, people that have done this type of study before. And, you know, this, this document was the result of that. Um, we feel pretty good that it, that it was, you know, comprehensive, if not exhaustive. Mm-hmm. And it was really just a way to have something to point to, like, Hey, here's what the science says. Mm-hmm. It's like mountain bikes do have impacts on, on, on tr- trails and on our, right. our natural areas, but, you know, not necessarily out outsized or much larger than other trail uses out there. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a really important message. Like really it's about the human presence or not a lot of the time, but there's specific instances where mountain bikes may have yeah. more in one scenario or another, but um, yeah, it's been really helpful. It's been a, a great tool for uh, land managers to reference when they're, you know, thinking about mountain bike access and just a good starting place for them putting together studies and literature. Yeah. Are the folks, I mean, it sounds like you were lucky to have um, folks who are part of your group, volunteers who have like a background in that stuff, right? I mean, is this, these aren't just like, you know, armchair (laughs) scholars sitting around. I mean, I I don't know. I get the sense that that you've got some people who actually kind of know how to do this research and it's, it's pretty credible. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to mislead anyone that we were doing actual research. We did a literature review, um, you know, the people on our committee are researchers, not necessarily in this specific topic. So they have a good understanding of, you know, how to, how to read and interpret peer reviewed literature, mm-hmm. where to find it, how to talk to, you know, 
people who had done these studies about it. So, yeah, I mean, it was an, an amazing group of people. Uh, There's a lot of intellectual horsepower there. And they, they, they took this very seriously, too. And it was a very focused, you know, concerted effort to put this together. And it was no small, no small task. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, tell us a bit about your professional trail building team. What types of projects uh, do they work on and, and how does that support sort of the overall mission of the group? Yeah, we have about, let's see, 10 people uh, in the field regularly doing trail construction. Another two people focused on kind of volunteer coordination and those activities, which overlap with the professional group too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we do all, all types of trail related work from the planning design, you know, fundraising for uh, construction and maintenance. So we're, we're kind of a soup to nuts trail organization. You can take mm-hmm. on any part of a trail project for, for our partners. You know, we, we build all types of trails. We've built lots of multi-use trails We've built some mountain, more mountain bike oriented trails as well. Mm-hmm. Um, built in, built, built hiking only trails and trails for equestrians too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a core competency of ours is, is the trail work. We also build pump tracks. We're just about to start our third asphalt pump track. Oh, cool. Um, we've done a number of dirt tracks as well. So that's been a lot of our work. We've also, you know, we've also been doing some resource work as well. Where we've been helping reopen trails that were damaged by fire mm. and, you know, doing shaded fuel breaks uh, at, the, at the same time. So um, there's a lot big nexus there between fire and recreation that, that, we're, uh, that we're working in. Yeah, that's cool. And as I understand it, some of the projects um, that the, the trail crew works on, some of them are like for private landowners, too. I mean, these aren't all just like projects for the county or the, the cities, right? I mean, you, you build all kinds of trails for all kinds of, of people. Yeah, that's something a bit newer that we have we've been offering is work for private landowners. We, you know, we, of course, prioritize public benefit projects. Mm-hmm. Like we're a nonprofit. Our mission is to increase access. But it's, a, it's doing private work is a way for us to keep our crew at a, you know, a sustainable level um, in, in working year round. So we're not having to lay people off between projects. So it's a way that we kind of fill in between things and give us a little more stability. And you know, all the profit from those projects is going back into that core mission of the public benefit. So it's actually a driver of our other work as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that seems like a great model and definitely um, yeah, a good way to sustain the, the, all the efforts um, that your, your group is putting forth. So what are some of the more popular trails uh, in the Santa Cruz mountains area that, that the SCMTS helps support? Yeah. So we've got a couple of very popular riding areas. We're talking about mountain biking. So the SoCal demonstration state forest being a very popular one kind of between Santa Cruz and the Southern Bay area. That's a kind of a unique place in that it's uh, run by our state forestry hmm. um, agency, Cal Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a work, it's a working forest. So it's, uh, actively log and there's research going on, but recreation is also a component of the work they do, although not funded very well for that. So we've taken a role there in building new trails and doing most of the trail maintenance work. Mm-hmm. So there at the demonstration forest, the, the flow trail is a very popular trail to ride. That was one of our, right. one of our early projects. Um, it's a four mile trail with, I think there's like 70 berms on it or something like that. Crazy. <laughs> wow. So it's, it's like a, 
yeah, it's a, it's a constant roller coaster. So that's a very popular trail. Um, we just rerouted another trail in the forest there, Saw Pit Trail. And then we do a lot of work at Wilder Ranch State Park too, which is right on the coast. Pretty, mm. pretty phenomenal place with ocean views and redwoods and the whole, the whole gamut. So, um, those are kind of the, some of the flagship areas we work at as well as, okay. you know, the Emma, Emma McCrary trail, which was our first project is a connector from the city of Santa Cruz to Wilder Ranch and some other riding areas as well. So that's, it's a ton of traffic. Okay. Yeah. Well, are, are most of the folks who are riding those trails, do they tend to be local residents or are you finding that people are traveling to ride? I mean, I know I've, whenever I've been to the Bay area or whatever, that's, you know, I want to go out and check, check out those trails and um yeah i would imagine it's a draw for people in the region and outside the region yeah so we're we've been doing a lot of work to try to get more data about trail usership and we've got a long way to go but we do have access to strava metro data mm. and what it looks like is about it's about half half between local ridership oh, wow. and people traveling from outside the county mm. um, we don't have great great uh granularity on where they're coming from outside of that Mm-hmm. So we know that we know like anecdotally that a lot of people are coming here from the Bay Area and uh, around California, but also mm-hmm. from all around the world too. Yeah, I mean the trails there are so beautiful. I mean, just I don't know, I, I I can't describe it. I'm sure you could describe it much better, but yeah, the redwoods and just like really dense, dark forest and uh, I mean loam. Would you describe describe a lot of the soil as like loamy in there as well? Yeah, we, we call our soil loamy here. People from the Pacific Northwest kind of scoff at that, but um, <laughs> for us, yeah. for us, it's, it's loamy. Yeah. So we've got that. And then we've got, you know, a lot of like coastal prairie ocean view mm-hmm. trails as well. So it's that, that, that combination of like the deep dark forest and, you know, spectacular ocean views that really makes it special here. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And two, I always think of, uh, the star Wars movie, right? The old, with the Ewoks, like shooting through the forest and like that, I, I think that stuff was filmed right in like some redwood forest somewhere. And, and you feel like that when you're riding some of those trails on your mountain bike, like it's really, it's really special. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, uh, being located in Santa Cruz, obviously there are some big bike brands there like Ibis and, and Santa Cruz, the bike brand. Is your group able to benefit from having those brands in the area in terms of like corporate support? Yeah, absolutely. We work really closely with all of our, our bike industry here in Santa Cruz and that's, you know, Santa Cruz Bicycles, Ibis, we've got Fox Suspension, Giro, Bell, uh, Specializes right over the hill and Morgan Hill. Um, you have prep praxis, a lot of smaller businesses as well. So yeah, they've been amazingly supportive from, you know, from monetary support to getting their employees out digging mm-hmm. to help get the word on advocacy. Um, yes, yeah, so we we're hugely appreciative of all the, the support that the bike industry has, has lent us here. Yeah. And what's the relationship like with some of the larger landowners in the area? I know uh, UC Santa Cruz uh, seems like they're a pretty big landholder. Are there relationships with with groups like that? Yeah, absolutely. We you know we work really closely with all of our land managers that are managing trails here in the county. Mm-hmm. Um, so state parks, Bureau of Land Management, Cal Fire, uh, our cities. Um, our county. So yeah, we have very tight relationships there uh, with UC Santa Cruz. Uh, 
you know, there's a lot of unofficial access mm-hmm. uh, on the, their campus, and it's something that we've been doing work work on with them and their neighbor state parks in the city of Santa Cruz mm-hmm. to figure out, hey, how do we how do we manage this use? There's so clearly such a need for for mountain bike access that we haven't provided legitimately. So how are we going to mm-hmm. you know rein in some of that unofficial trail use but still create that experience for people, which is you know such a huge part of our community. Yeah, for sure. And and I'm sure that people who take the most advantage of trails, you know, whether they're official or not, are a lot of them are going to be the students, I would imagine. I mean, it's a it's a fairly large university. And so, yeah, it seems like a great asset. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So are there any particular challenges in terms of like new trail builds in the area? I know you mentioned that there's uh, 20-ish miles of trail kind of planned or under construction, but it also seems like, you know, you're kind of limited. I mean, obviously you're, you're limited by the, the topography and by the ocean on one side and then a lot of private landowners. Like what, what are, what are some of the challenges um, that you face toward building new trails? Yeah. All, all of those things are challenges. I think uh, planning in California is a challenge as well. We've got a, you know, we've got a, a very, extensive environmental planning mm. process, which is in place for very good reason, but can make things some difficult sometimes. So um, there's a lot of opportunity for opposition to stall out projects. So uh, biggest challenges, I think it's just that kind of planning burden, like our, our local land managers, like they really understand the needs for, for trails and mountain bike access mm. and, you know, what the right balance of that is. And there's definitely room for some more, trail trail con- connectivity in the county mm-hmm. i think that the major challenge is, is just like the way that our our public agencies are funded you know they're chronically underfunded mm-hmm. so for them to get out of like trying to tackle deferred maintenance keep your heads above water and think about creative new projects mm-hmm. is a big challenge so that's where we really try to you know we come in and we hey how can we help you with that deferred maintenance that's where we start right mm-hmm. we want to help them catch up take ownership over as much as that as we can with our, you know, hybrid professional volunteer model. Mm-hmm. So kind of getting there and then, then, you know, f- at that point stuff's feeling like we got that under control, like, Hey, let's look at new opportunities for trail access. Mm. Well, what's, what's like the, I mean, it sounds like you're using multiple kind of fronts with getting trail projects off the ground. Like, you know, obviously recreation is a big thing, but it sounds like you're also pitching these as like, Hey, this is connectivity. This is kind of transportation related. Is that, is that a fair way to put it? Like, does that help get these, these projects going a little more easily when you're able to point to like multiple benefits? Yeah. Especially now with, uh, the spike in usership that we've seen, uh, related to COVID for all different kinds of trail users. Like we have, um, a lot of issues here with, parking infrastructure and the lack thereof. Oh yeah. So it's an issue that, you know, we can build more parking, right? But how do we get people out of their cars? So I think, you know, we've got some exciting things happening in the county. We have a rail trail that's gonna run the length of the county that just construction just started on this last year. So that's gonna provide a way for people to get out of their cars and looking at other trail connections to that is really exciting. So I think there is definitely potential for overlap for recreation and transportation, especially as e-bikes become popularized and make it more accessible to more people. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I was going to ask about that. What is what does e-bike trail access look like uh, in the Santa Cruz area right now? Yeah, that's a good question. It's um, generally generally e-bikes are allowed where mountain bikes are allowed, with the exception of the demonstration state forest, hmm. and what they are not allowed. But by and large, they have been um, allowed here, and they're they're becoming very popular. Mm-hmm. So I think it's something that that uh, yeah, land managers and advocates and the industry is trying to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. So there, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's been, cause California was one of the early states to kind of clarify, like, you know, how e-bikes would be viewed. Um, but then obviously you have all these different landowners that, you know, I mean, it's up to them, especially if they're not like under the state or whatever, uh, to come up with, with their own rules. Uh, have there been any growing pains or is it, I mean, it sounds like it's been pretty smooth so far. Yeah. And, you know, even under the state, there's still room for interpretation there. Like where California state parks, like locally here, we had had e-bike access on, on bike trails. That was kind of the way we started in this district. That wasn't necessarily because of any policy the state had. So that differed in other areas, different state parks. Hmm. But, um, state California state parks recently came out with the e-bike policy where they're, they're prohibited unless allowed. Oh, okay. Um, and there's like a, there's, there's a process that has to be go, gone through like a pilot study and whatnot. So our local district had to make that decision whether they were going to re- revoke that access or, you know, move forward and do this process to keep it open. And they, they decided that they wanted, they, they were going to allow, continue to allow e-bike access. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think there, uh, a lot of the growing pains have been around the perception of e-bikes that, um, a lot of people characterize them as motorcycles. So, you know, we're, we're our our stance is hey we want to educate our land managers on how to make the best decisions about e-bike access and so we've done a lot of work bringing industry and land managers together talk about e-bikes and the future and what they are what they aren't so um yeah it's definitely been a big talking point and there's there's lots of people who feel strongly about for them and against them so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah definitely well what's currently sort of the biggest constraint that SCMTS faces in carrying out and, and growing your mission? I think funding is always uh, a challenge, not that like, mm-hmm. it's like we, we have a pretty diverse funding base. You know, we do that fee for service work, whether it's for private landowners or public landowners. So we, we get hired occasionally to build trails. And that's a, you know, a very strong income stream for us mm-hmm. that we still are funding most of our own projects which means that we're doing a lot of fundraising, you know, working with major donors and our membership program. So it's a hustle, you know, a constant hustle to bring those, yeah. those dollars in to, to do this work. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's working, it's happening. Um, the long planning horizons for new projects is another challenge where it takes, you know, years and years to get a project off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, building the trails that is the easy part. <laughs> right now we're working on one project that was, 22 years in the making another that was over 10 years Whoa. in the making. So it's, Whoa. yeah, it's uh you know, it takes time to, to do these, these land landscape level planning exercises and new trail plans. Yeah. Does it, is that like, does that frustrate you at all? Like I know it would frustrate most people and I feel like to be in your job, like maybe you have like a, a better tolerance for that, but it, does it still frustrate you though? Like how long these, these projects take sometimes? 
<laughs> not anymore. Luckily, I think early on it was a frustration, but now like understanding the process and it's the same for, you know, other, other industries. And it's the same for doing like restoration work. Like it's just, just the way it works. I think the biggest frustration I have is in trying to communicate that to our constituency, right? Like it's really hard to, to let people know the ins and outs of like this very convoluted planning processes and, um, you know, the way that the bureaucracy works and whatnot. So that's, that's one of the harder, the harder points. Yeah. That's interesting that you say that. Cause yeah, I mean, it sounds like once you're in it and once you understand that, then you're like, okay, no, I'm not frustrated. This makes sense that this process is this way and needs to be this way, you know, to get trails built and, and done correctly and to respect the environment and, and all those things. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious that it's kind of a disconnect between like the lay people who are looking at it from the outside and, and those on the inside, they're like, no, yeah, this, this makes sense. Like everybody chill. Yep. 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 So what about volunteers? Is that a big part of uh, how you're able to carry out the mission? Like, is, is it a challenge to get volunteers or, or do you have like ways that you guys have figured out to really get mountain bikers engaged there? Yeah, I mean, volunteers are a huge part of what we do. I think this year, you know, it's early May. We've already done 2,000 hours of volunteer work. Um, we're on track to do about 10,000 hours this year, um, which is will be one of our biggest years yet. We actually have the high-class problem of that we have too many volunteers. Um, you know, we wow. will announce our, our, big, our big volunteer events. We call them Dig Days. Mm-hmm. We'll announce those in our newsletter on a Monday morning, and they fill up and less than an hour, you know, 70 to a hundred person events. Wow. Are you guys like providing beer or like what, how are you getting people to sell out the uh, volunteer opportunities? Yeah. We've really invested in our volunteer programming. Like it's, it's definitely like a a high touch, high class experience, you know, like Mm. it's very well organized. We have a whole training program for our volunteer crew leaders that are then able to help lead these smaller groups of people. You know, we do a ton of planning work. So, Everyone knows what they're doing, um, getting a ton of work done. So uh, we're very feel very strongly that we want a volunteer feel to feel like they did meaningful work at the end of the day, mm-hmm. not that we just checked a bo- feel good box to have volunteers out. So yeah, um, it's been a core part of our culture. And yeah, we are providing you know breakfast, lunch, beer. <laughs> Free beer goes a long way, and, uh, and there's a raffle too. And it's a it's a community. We see a lot of people come back again and again and again. So. Um, yeah, it's been a real feel-good community thing. Right, yeah. That, yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like you really take care of the volunteers and make that a good experience because, yeah, I mean, a lot of us, I'm sure, have been to these things where you go and at the end you're like, ah, did I really help? Like, did I do anything? Or, like, you don't feel like you were busy the whole time or or you, you didn't have good instruction. And so, yeah, it sounds like you guys have that really dialed and, and that, that once you have it dialed, people are going to come back and they're really going to, going to want to like help out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been amazing to see. Cool. So what's next for the Santa Cruz mountains trail stewardship uh, this year and, and looking long-term. Yeah. We're, we're uh, just at the outset of two very large projects. Um, the Chitoni coast areas, national monument, new national monument here where we're building um, 10 miles of trail this year and hopefully another 10 next year. So that's a big undertaking there. And then the adjacent San Vicente Redwoods, um, we're another nine miles being built this year. 
Um, so that's keeping us busy. We're going to do another asphalt pump track just south of here near Monterey. And, you know, we're also going to be diving back into our work with California State Parks, helping them reopen Big Basin State Park, which was, you know, badly burned in our fires two years ago. and has been completely uh, closed uh, mm -hmm. since then. And there's a lot of rebuilding work to do there. So those are big things on the horizon. We're also, um, you know, working on trail planning with other other agencies and, you know, exploring a trail center concept as well. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Are, are wildfires like, how is that looking for this season? Is that, is that a risk? Is that something you worry about? Yeah, it, it is. You know, it's been a very dry year here in California. So it's definitely something we, we worry about and something we're going to see more and more. Yeah. Yeah. Is there much that can be done like in terms of um, like the maintenance and like the regular work that you do, or is this just just something you have to kind of deal with after the fact? Uh, in terms of trail work, I don't know. There's a lot of overlap there, but, you know, like I mentioned earlier, when we were helping state parks reopen some of their trails, we were putting in shaded fuel breaks along them. Mm. So not only were we clearing the down trees and rebuilding the trail, but we were, you know, establishing that, that, that line that could be a defensible space. Um, mm -hmm. so I think there's a lot of opportunities to look at the crossover between recreation and creating, you know, more resilient forests and whatnot. Some of our other trails have been designed as, uh, fire lines for prescribed fire. So, Hey, we're going to, we're going to burn from this trail, you know, every couple of years to kind of keep the fuel load down. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Matt, uh, it sounds like you guys are doing a lot of great work and, you know, not just supporting mountain biking, but in supporting other trail users and the environment and unique nature that exists around the Santa Cruz mountains area. So thanks for all the work that you're doing and, and thanks for joining us. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me. Well, you can learn more about the Santa Cruz mountain Trails stewardship online at santacruztrails.org. And we'll have that link for you in the show notes. That's all we've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week.